you can get pretty that mic's a little bit more sensitive than mine okay but you can be pretty close let's see so what's up i'm just gonna adjust our volumes while we're in while we're settling in here so tell me about your day or something okay let me tell you about my day Oh, <laughs> I had a little boy who was crying a lot today. Oh. Yeah, so mm. it was a little intense. But I took mm. this class called Pop Physique. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really hard. It's like um, bar. Like bar I've or? never taken bar, so maybe it's like bar. But I mean, there, you were on the bar. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah, so you got a, a little embodiment. I was yes. like, well, we should do some embodiment before we talk. Right. But, yeah. yeah. And we've been we've been um, hooking up a slack line right outside of our apartment. So it's nice. We, nice. Did, we did that today, too. Fun. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It feels official now that I have this on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to like I, maybe I'm going to lower it a little bit. Yeah. So the little thing right there, um, loosen this. Loosen this. And then you'll be able to move the whole bar up and down to the left. Righty tighty lefty loosey. Yeah. It's because it feels like it's getting, it's between you and I. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. Maybe not. Let's Maybe see. like. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's better. Now I feel like I can. It should be right in front of your mouth. Right. So that is that yeah. okay? Yeah, that's okay, good. good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we don't have like a long black right. microphone. Like, yeah. That you're peeking around. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. So I love this because I know you mm-hmm. through our community and I'm aware of your work, but I haven't had the opportunity to sit in on any of your workshops yet and I'm dying to know more about what you do so I get to find out here which yeah. is fun yeah yeah definitely. so yeah why don't we start with what you're into right now what you're doing with your work what is exciting you well what exciting is exciting to me right now is I have a love your body love yourself workshop coming up and I haven't done one in a little while in LA so I'm excited to be sharing that and it feels like the deeper my work goes and the deeper my own work goes on myself, mm-hmm. the more I feel like I have so much to share. And it's such a great workshop. I just feel so good about it when I'm teaching it, when I'm doing it, and how I see people transform. And it's, and you know this by working with women, is like when you get women together in that space of love and appreciation and honoring of their own bodies and each other's bodies. Yeah. It is it is by far one of the most healing and sacred spaces. Mm-hmm. And so much healing can be done in such a, you know, an afternoon or a whole day together. It's essential. So we're losing your mic. We're going to have to tighten okay. tighten that little screw back up cuz it's, it's slowly slipping yeah. away from you. There we go. Is that better? Um yeah, that's okay. good. Good. Yeah, essential, essential for us to gather in community and circle and to witness each other in our processes. Yeah, I agree. And I, I've always had so many amazing women around me. I grew up with sisters. My mom is amazing woman. And I have 
just the tribe and the community that both you and I are involved in. There is such a sisterhood. And yet, I don't think that that's a reality mm. for a lot of women and a lot of communities. I feel like there's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, gosh, if we could just come together and just appreciate each other more and just be on each other's side. Yeah. How, like, we could just rock this world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes, I feel very blessed to be, yes. to be so unconditionally loved by so many mm. women yeah, and supported. And, you know, even, you know, you and I haven't spent much time together mm-hmm. one-on-one, but it's like, we're part of a community, we're family, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I see you, you see me, we drop in, like, we just know, we just yeah. know that we're family we're sisters we're there for each other you know we can go right to the deep places yeah. very quickly yeah. without all the fluff stuff yeah yeah oh i'm getting chills <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. so tell me more about love your body love yourself what happens there at the workshop mm-hmm. so my my desire is to take them real to take women and myself on a real journey through the deep places within us that are in pain mm-hmm. and to be with those and to let those out. So we do a lot of, there's a lot of sharing and we do some movement, some breath work to get that stuff out and some dancing with ourselves and just like being one-on-one with those places, those voices within ourselves that are saying, you know, your, your butt is way too big. Yeah. And you're not going to be loved. And having the opportunity to slow it down and be with your body in a way that you've never been with your body. So would you say, are you somewhat of an expert or, um, yeah, we'll just call it an expert. I mean, I shy away from that term for myself too, but um, you're kind of steeped in this piece around body image yes okay 100 percent. so love your body love yourself is about body image and really befriending our bodies becoming like in the right relationship with your body there's crazy statistics about like how many women have body image issues for lack of a better way of saying that i we talked about it on my podcast with Seth Matlins. Um, we did a workshop or a workshop, a podcast mm-hmm. um, around advertising and women. And he had some crazy statistics, specifically, I think, also around young women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I actually think that people, that some women feel embarrassed to love themselves because it's such a norm that we look at our bodies and say, oh, I don't like that. Or, like have an embarrassment for a part of a body that is bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger, whatever that means, than maybe there are our friends around us. And so it's like, oh, I need to let you know that I know Uh, that my butt's big. mm -hmm. You know, like it's almost like we have to, like I think a lot of that is going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's really shifting that and really like empowering ourselves to say no, like, I really do love my body. I love my body. I love what it looks like. I love how it works. I want to be a friend to it. And that is like really, really a tall order. Yes. Yeah. 
it's yeah i think it's a quite a journey for a lot of women it's been for most. me most yeah yeah so yeah tell me how did you have your own journey with oh body gosh. image okay. it's been quite a ride uh-huh yeah it's it's been that piece for me that's always been there it's always like okay everything else is going okay but i still am not the weight i want to be or i don't look the right way or you know i'm I'm not treating myself right. I mean, it's from the, from a very very young age. Mm-hmm. I think I had a lot of I had a lot of attention on me as a young girl. I was very shapely, mm-hmm. and so I had a lot of attention. Like at seven years old, I'm this like young girl who like there's you know men look, looking. I remember I just said recently to my mom. I said that must have been really hard. She's like, yeah, it it actually was. Mm-hmm. So I just became. I found this that my identity was with my body, and so I had this feeling that it had to be perfect in order for me to be loved. Mm-hmm. So when it started to do its own thing, I got really, you know, I created a, a, an eating disorder, and it was it. It just. How old were you when that happened? I think I was delving it for probably maybe around 13. I remember looking at a, a diary maybe a year or two ago, and I had almost the same entry that I'd written like 20 years later. Hmm. It was a good day with food. You know, I'm this weight, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was all, I was like, wow, the tapes that I had running in my head for so many years. And it's like all the spiritual work that I did and all of the transformational work that I did, it was like I was always wanting to heal that place. And really, really, it's essentially just self-love and healing that peace. And I guess we all have those places within ourselves that need to be healed and want to be healed. And this was mine, like deeply to the core. Mm -hmm. And doing Reiki like I do. So I've been teaching Reiki for close to 10 years now. Can you explain what Reiki is yeah, so, for the non-Southern yeah. California people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Reiki is a healing modality and a spiritual practice. And what it is, it's a hands-on healing practice. So if you take Reiki and you um, split the word into two, you have Rei, universal life force energy that's all around us. And then Ki, which is our own unique expression of our energy so when you bring that together you have reiki so reiki really is just to me it's just the energy of love the frequency of love Mm -hmm. and it's just really healing and how it works is it releases stress in the body so that you can heal yourself so as a reiki master i'm a reiki practitioner and i am attuned to this energy which means i allow the energy to flow through me and i pass it to myself or i pass it to others or i also teach other practitioners i teach people to become practitioners so it sounds really ooey wooey yeah (laughs) especially how i'm explaining it right now (laughs) but it really isn't it's just really uh tapping into the the frequency of love it's tapping into you know the the spark of a of a flame and also would another way of looking at it be like just being totally present getting really present in the moment right and if if you clear everything else away Mm. what's left is love 
really. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what is the core of everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it feels to me that the more I've seen people in the Reiki energy and the more I've been in it myself, it just lets all that other stuff fade away and you can become your your potential mm. because you're not in your shit. Yeah. You're not, you know, rolling around in it. And so it's really healing and loving and calming and peaceful. And then it's also very revealing and it shows you where your stuff is and it shows you where you're out of alignment. Because if love is pouring in and all of a sudden it has like, oh, that's not going in there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, what do I need to look at? Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is because I've always been kind of a self-help junkie yeah but it was always from a place of like I'm broken Mm. and I need to be fixed and so with Reiki it was like oh I'm in a container of love and I'm actually being present with myself and I'm loving myself and I'm and I'm wanting to change or transform but it's from a place of love it's not from a place of lack yeah isn't that interesting how we can in self-help you know this journey of wellness and and seeking um spirituality or whatever Mm -hmm. it is we can continue to ingrain those wounds those patterns Mm -hmm. um yeah it's like you know it could be an eating disorder that you know you go off in that direction to kind of try to get things under control or it could be that you get so deep into spiritual studies and like the intention or the energy behind both could be really similar and um yeah we can we can get into spiritual practice or you know yoga or whatever it might be um and still try to be perfect in that yeah and it's that it's yeah, that's what it comes back to is like seeking perfection and seeking to fix. Um, but how different when you kind of flip that coin and you, you're you like, oh, I'm already whole. I'm accepting that I'm imperfect because mm-hmm. I'm a human. And like, ooh, let's go on the ride and see what right, happens. Exactly. And so as a Reiki master, mm-hmm. you know, oh, then I'm supposed to fit this role and I'm supposed to, you know, and people say to me, oh, well, you must always be, you know, really chill and I'm like, um, <laughs> n- no, yeah. you know, and when I share things with people like about what's going on in my life and just sh- like, just a real, pr- I'm just a real person. And the reason I have attracted Reiki to me is because I really need it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that I want to fit this perfect, you know, bill or the, you know, even like with this eating, I don't want to call it eating disorder, but this like body image stuff that was still plaguing me for years and years. I can remember like being in my Reiki circles or being in a class and I'm giving Reiki and I'm, I glance at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my. And I'm like, what is that? What is, what, why are, why is that part of myself showing up in this place where I'm holding space for other people and sharing and telling them how to be unconditional and non-judgmental and how to care for themselves and be compassionate? 
And it's taken me like a, a long time to even admit that, let alone yeah. like here on your radio show admitting yeah. that. But I mean, that's what happens, right? That part of myself was coming up saying, please, please love me. Please, you know, I, I want to be loved. I'm feeling really, really, you know, out of sync with what you have going on here. Mm-hmm. And it was finally like, okay, this, I'm just way out of alignment here. Like I need to surrender. I need to surrender. And it was such that fight though. It's like I could surrender, but I was really in fear that if I love my body, if I listen to my body, if I listen to it and cared for it the way my body wanted, that I would be fat. It was just like so there. And and it's like, I just cannot surrender that. But when I finally did, and what really happened was when I became pregnant and I really had to surrender to this little being inside of me who was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of me. And so I really, really started listening mm. and the craziest thing happened. My, my food, like desires and cravings went away I mean, I I actually started eating food that I hadn't eaten for like over 10 years, like started eating chocolate again, started eating meat again, just started eating all these things that my body was actually so desiring and wanting, but how maybe I would eat it before, maybe it would have been a binge. Yeah. And now here I am able to eat it because I'm just listening Mm -hmm. and I'm enjoying it. And my, you know, my weight balanced out. I mean, I've, I'm, have never been a heavy person, but I could just feel that I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Meeting you, most people wouldn't think, I mean, you look extraordinary. Every, I've known you for you years and you've always looked extraordinarily healthy, um, and radiant. Mm, And so I would never look at you and think, oh, she's sick or she's denying herself or, you know, and that's another thing. Like, um, you kind of alluded to people's projections, like whether you're a Reiki master or a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher, you know, we project on like our perfection, right? Mm -hmm. Onto these people who have studied and and gained this knowledge and are sharing it. And again, like, but we're all human beings. I'm just a woman (laughs) who wants to look good in my clothes, you know? And I'm just that little girl who was, you know, looked at and had a lot of attention, who's just afraid that she's not going to be loved, mm. you know, and that, that's really what I love to share and really help people work through is like, what are those beliefs that we have? Where did they come from? So in your process, I'm kind of curious about this little girl piece, like in your process of healing, have mm-hmm. you been dialoguing with that part oh, of yeah. yourself? And what has that looked like? Because that could be an interesting tool for listeners, this idea of um, speaking to the wounded piece or, or you know, changing, not changing those voices, but y- yeah, being in conversation yeah. with that part of yourself. Yeah, that's actually a major part of what I how I help people turn their body image issues around Mm -hmm. is really going into through Reiki and through guided meditation we can go to some really deep places and really tap into those you know the, the little girl inside of us who was told 
you know, I, I was working with a woman recently and she just does not like to exercise. And so we went like really deep in to see where, like, where did that come from? And she had a lot of shame around, you know, what her family said to her when she was exercising. It maybe was just like her sister saying, you know, something flippantly, but she like has been holding that in her system for so many years. Mm. And then just taking a moment and just, A, just acknowledging that's not even my belief, maybe, or, oh, that's where that came from and it's not even true, or I actually still believe that. And so now what do we do? So then we talk to that part of ourselves, you know, like, oh, maybe you can see, like, like you would a child. I mean, it's like inner child meditation stuff. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of research and a lot of people do that type of work. But I've really found that that's, it's like shamanic work where you get to go back and dialogue and be with those places and get them up to date because yeah. they're not up to date and what happens is they're running the show yeah so here i am exercising you know if i'm you know my client or whatever and then all of a sudden you know i i'm like oh that person just looked at me over there or oh or even like you know you you turn your ankle or whatever and all of a sudden you're not allowed to exercise you're not exercising anymore because you sabotage yourself because you don't want to look stupid so it's like you're just not in alignment with what we really want to be in this moment, this present time moment. And we all have those voices inside. We all have a wounded child Mm -hmm. inside of us. Um, And, you know, I know for some people, like, this is a new concept. And, like, oftentimes the places where we feel like a victim or we react in a way that, you know, sometimes we would never behave in a certain way. And then other times we get really angry and stomp our feet or throat that you know it's like that's the inner child yeah. coming out to be expressed and yeah it's interesting when you can start to have the awareness of like oh this is my like fully in alignment adult self and this is this wounded child asking for attention or asking for this healing right now mm-hmm. yeah powerful it's so powerful and what also that does is it turns the process around it's like all of a sudden you're stomping your feet and you're like what am i doing mm-hmm. and you feel shame yeah. and you feel uncomfortable and you feel embarrassed and then you shame yourself again so you're shaming that little part of you that is actually like acting up so that you'll give it some attention so if that happens it's like oh there's a part of me that needs love. Mm-hmm. So now I have the opportunity to turn my shame and actually love that part of myself. And then what would happen if you love that part of yourself that was stomping its feet and said, what do you need? What are you afraid of? What What's going on here? How can I help you? Yeah. I mean, it just changes everything. It's I, like, I want to bring this, just circle this back to sex because this is an interesting place to go right now. Yeah. Um, and just talk a little bit about how our very early experiences wire us sexually. And so there may be things that people, you know, it could be, you know, a turn on or an arousal pattern or trying to figure out what works for you or what doesn't work for you sexually as an adult. Right. Um, a useful place to go is back to early childhood experience, especially around shame. And we've probably talked about 
this on the podcast before, but you know, the diapering process, like it goes back to that, how yeah. you can, you know, even pre-verbal. So before you can really have conscious awareness of it, if someone, you know, makes a comment about your genitals when they're diapering you, that can leave an imprint that's mm-hmm. going to affect your sexuality. Right. Or, you know, if you, you know, had a a little friend that you played with in a certain way and um you know that could lead to some kind of turn on later on like you know i i can't think of a good example right now but well yeah i was like masturbating at a very very young age Uh uh-huh and i would do it in first grade and so they were really actually pretty the, the teachers were pretty good about it, but they would send me to the second grade because they thought I was bored, which I was, but then I just went there and did it there. Because I'm like, oh, no one's looking at me here. So, <laughs> you know, and so that made a huge imprint on me. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, there's something wrong that she wants to pleasure herself. So we need to take care of herself. I even have in like my baby book, like God love my mom, this um, little piece of paper this little like thing that my teacher made for me that was like you didn't jump in your chair today and it was this whole thing about jumping in my chair and she gave me like some pennies and stuff like that oh my gosh well little little kids left you know to their own devices will always find ways to pleasure their genitals whether they're you know like little girls like rubbing on the couch or little you know little boys with their hands down their pants you know it's like Yes, that's that's there. Yeah. And so when we shame that or say you can't do that or that's gross or that's dirty, boom, the rest of your life, you're carrying that imprint. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, my mom was, you know, she was oh, she did really well with it because I think I always had my hands down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that so? Did that affect your relation? Like, have you reflected on your relationship with pleasure as an adult? Like, did that affect your relationship with pleasure? I don't know if that did, but I know that um, I think I have a huge capacity for pleasure. Mm. And I think that people, and you, I'm sure you, if you know, I've read a lot of your stuff, but just like the amount of, that we learn from pleasure, we think we push away from pain, but we're actually pushing away from pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I can scarf down, you know, chocolate really quickly because it tastes so good, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess pleasure for me what's the question again? <laughs> I'm just wondering if those early experiences, particularly in school because you mentioned like you know you were kind of told not to do these things that yeah that that were giving you pleasure if that kind of created any story well I was always the good girl yeah and so I was really expected to not have sex Mm. I think at least I put myself into that into that place so my family didn't know that I was having sex for a, a while and I actually think that they would have been okay with it but I had this, you know, that it was wrong and a lot of shame around it for years and years, even when I was like, I don't know, even in my 20s. Mm. Like a lot of my early Reiki training was a lot of clearing of like sexual shame and being okay with it and owning my body and being a sexual, sensual, you know, being and, 
you know, and, you know, those women that are just like owning it, you know, and being okay to be one of those women who own it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of those women in our community. We do, don't we? Man, they're hot. I know. Oh, my God. Um, oh. at, yeah, you were at my birthday party recently yeah. and, and there were some guys that like were new to our, and they, and they were like, every woman here is gorgeous. Yeah. And yes, like they're physically attractive, but I think it's much deeper than that. Yeah. It's that ownership yeah. of their bodies. They're in their bodies yeah. and they're feeling their own body, not for the enjoyment for, of a man, but for their own enjoyment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I bet that happens in your workshop too, that theme of like enjoying your body for yourself. For yourself, yeah. Because when you actually find your pleasure body, you just feel, I mean, there's no, you're not in your head mm-hmm. and you don't have the voices that you're not good enough or the, I mean, it doesn't matter the size of who you are, of you know, what your body is. Your pleasure body takes over and it you just feel good. Yeah. And then you look even better because you're you know you're owning it I recently saw um this woman and I was like wow she looks different she's and like oh she she lost some weight but it wasn't the weight that I noticed it was how she was holding herself Mm. and it's interesting because when people lose weight they often have like oh now I can own my body more And now I can walk in this way and feel sexy. And if she would have done that, you know, with the five pounds heavier or 10 pounds, whatever it was, I would still would have been like, whoa, she looks, she she looks great. Wonder what she did. She just is owning it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pleasure. Okay. Something I lot, I had something and it, it went away, but I'm sure we'll come back to pleasure. Yeah, well, I just think about like those moments when you're in that like really amazing lovemaking session Mm. and and you're so enraptured with, you know, sex and you're just not thinking about what you look like, Mm -hmm. you know, you just feel so good. And the man or the woman is just like, so like it's, it's just on. And so it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You just... Yeah. Oh, that's where, that's what I was thinking of how often in, in this aligns with your story, you can, I'm sure relate to this. Women are conditioned to make their pleasure in relationship, typically to a man, Mm -hmm. right? Like our pleasure is about pleasing a man, Right. right? Versus about owning it. And we have a women have a lot of shame around even receiving pleasure or deserving Mm -hmm. pleasure. I mean, that's like every woman I work with that comes up really. I mean, it comes up for me and I'm like a pleasure junkie and I still am like, I can receive more pleasure. Like there's more space for pleasure. You know? Do you think that's like society? Like, Oh, I have to work so much in order to like deserve it. it Yeah. I think there's the Puritan factor always Mm -hmm. and also women are conditioned and also you know the mothers in us are concerned about everyone else so we we want to make sure everyone else is taken care of first um, before us and yeah there's something really deep there about not deserving pleasure and and 
I think culturally we think pleasure is superfluous. It's just like, oh, you know, like. Right. You know, it's that's. the last thing on the list. Yeah. It's, it's your martini at the end of the day. Like that's right. your pleasure. And it's like, no, actually you can have pleasure all day long. Yeah. That can fuel your day. Yeah. It's not something you escape to once the work, quote unquote, is done. But yeah, how we've set it up is like work really hard first. And then, I mean, I do I do that admittedly. Like I, I call it pleasure delaying. Mm-hmm. And, and I also pleasure delay for my own. It's like foreplay with myself, right? Like there's something that like, like I had this big bag of gifts after my birthday and I just kind of hung out with the oh, bag really? of gifts and Whoa. like waited to open them. Like I was with the anticipation of it. Oh, that's like that nice. was more fun than even opening it. Yeah. yeah. So there's ways you can play with it. But also I will also find myself like, okay, I need to do my yoga practice or I want to do my yoga practice. Oh, but first, like, let me answer right. the emails and then, you know, I'll deserve to like do my mm-hmm. yoga have to do something quote unquote productive first right. yeah, yeah. I, I still play that game a little bit yeah I understand and even just like the practice of pleasure just when I mean, we can do that while we're walking down the street we can yes. just like we can like we think of pleasure as just like oh like I'm masturbating or I'm doing but it's like I'm just opening my eyes to the pleasure of what's coming to them or I'm feeling myself as I'm walking on on the earth and I could just be on the sidewalk you know yeah but it's just I think it just brings us into present time. Taking a breath, you know, like in any given breath, Mm -hmm. you can just be like, feel your body. It comes back to the body. Like if you're in the body, that is the um, instrument of pleasure, you know, the body, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) What? Okay. What is the origins of Reiki? Where does it come from? It is an ancient Tibetan art, oh. but it was rediscovered in Japan by Makaliusui, who's a grandmaster. Okay. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. I'm like, now's the time to ask. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Japanese. Okay. So did we did we cover your story? You you yeah. Was there anything? I guess there's one piece that I want to um, speak on because it just came up. So I want to think. I want to share. It is this idea that I think that women have that we're supposed to have a certain body in order to be loved and for even a man to accept us. And so my boyfriend, husband now, um, I remember this was like such a pivotal moment for me because I, so my background was I was acting and I was dancing. So I was really on top of having an eating, you know, like having issues already. I was in that field of like body obsession on top of that, you know, and dancing, looking at my body eight hours in the day, in the day, you know, and all of that. So I came from it very, very ingrained. And I always came from like it needs to be better. Or if it was at a certain place, just that fear that I was going to lose it. And so I started dating this man who has the most gorgeous body and he's just such a beautiful being. And I remember, I'll never forget it, I remember where we were, walking down the street, it was a, it was a full moon night and he put his arm around me in his hand like right by my ribs and he goes, oh, that's so soft. You didn't have that before. And I went, <gasps> oh. I was like, did I, did I gain weight? And I was like freaking out. Mm. And 
And they're like, and you like it? It was like, like just in my head, like, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I do not know how to take this information in. You think that I'm too thin? You think that I, you would like me 10 pounds? Like, I did not know. My whole being did not know what to do with that information. Hmm. Like, it took me a long time to receive that and to like, really allow that in that not own not only would he accept me at the weight he actually would appreciate it if I gained weight that was like oh my gosh I mean like God could not created this any any better for me to like and with a man who is like so pleasuring and so in his body you know so I think as women when we really look around and we really stop beating ourselves up and really listen to our bodies and really allow ourselves to own ourselves like we were talking about we're gonna see and really allow ourselves to see that like people appreciate us wherever we are and maybe even desire you know really love that big juicy butt that you're you know (laughs) trying to exercise away you know yeah yeah so that was a healing for you. That oh my information. gosh! Huge healing. Wow! Like I real, I like I didn't know what to do with it. And then there was for a while there was like when he would say that I look good, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I need I need to lose weight. Wow. <laughs> and I had that whole thing going on. It was really funny. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah. All right. So what else can we talk about in terms of body image and sexuality? Like how yeah how does that play out what do you see in the women that you work with like how that how body image affects sexuality or or the opposite how sexuality like affects body image meaning like intimacy right kind of leads us to maybe spiral in a certain way of like what are they going to think about my body and not wanting to be seen and right all of those just things. the intimacy issue mm-hmm. and how when we're in our body and we're in that place of shame it's not looking the right way we want to look uh, to look like we're actually i think from probably my own experience in working with other people that it's almost that almost used as that buffer Mm. it's like oh no I'm not going to go there with you because I am not worthy of it or it's too much for me to or that it's it's going to feel too good I don't know what to do with the pleasure you know that sort of thing so it's like okay I'm just going to obsess about the fact that he's touching my leg and it and it's jiggling or whatever whatever the voices are so I think it's used as a way to like buffer intimacy yeah protective mechanism totally. of getting too close interesting yeah yeah interesting yeah I remember I would have sex with my um, boyfriend and think okay what am I gonna order at dinner <laughs> not not my husband I didn't do that with him <laughs> you know like I would it was so confronting to me, you know, that I was just like, okay, let me just check out here. It was like my checkout mechanism. Yeah. 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 This like disassociating or checking out of your body. And that can happen in a lot of different ways. Um, but that's something interesting to look at is like, what, ha- when do we 
check out like when do we go into our heads during intimacy mm-hmm. and also where do we go and we all we all do it in moments um but some of us more than others in, yeah. in some in some relationships more than others or sometimes more than others so and what's a tool to get back into your body when you check out do you have any tools well i for- think i mean in the middle of of sex i don't know about talking to your little girl but maybe <laughs> you know what i mean but like what's you know even just asking like what's going on here why am i checking out you know like where where are you going yeah you know like, that what, sort of thing what like, happened like yeah what was that the moment before you checked out what happened right exactly mm-hmm. like why am i checking out right here mm-hmm. you know like bring myself back to the breath you know bring myself back into feeling you know touch my partner soften myself you know just allow myself to be in my own body rather than you know even even pleasuring my my partner you know like what do i need right now in relationship to this intimate moment yeah and and being willing to actually take that step and it can it can also happen when there's too much pleasure Oh, yeah. Too much pleasure. I've heard people describe like they get to this point where they literally feel like they're going to die if they have any more pleasure, Mm -hmm. which is so intense. I'm actually kind of working the edge of my transcendent, like my erotic trance right now Mm -hmm. because I feel like I go to this place like I can I can go deep and I feel like I'm just at this threshold of like another level of trance and in that might sound kind of out there woo woo talking about erotic trance but sex is always a trance state it's always um yeah it's it's a different you know if you're really in your body you're getting into a different zone of being and you're out of your thinking brain and you're getting into that more kind of primal yeah space so yeah in order to and and same thing with childbirth like you have to get to have a natural childbirth you have to get into a trance it's an erotic trance because it's the same same mechanism right exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) so anyways yeah I'm I'm working the edge of that presently that's something that's alive for me it's like okay what happens like I literally feel like things starting to go dark and like fear coming up Mm -hmm. at this like whatever's next yeah Yeah, it's interesting like opening the receiving box like how much can we receive how much joy can I allow into my body right now how much love can I allow myself to receive and we say we want things but then we block them yeah we want that like orgasm that's gonna like like raise the frequency of the world but can we actually hold that in our bodies and that's you know that goes into a whole other thing are we taking care of our bodies Mm. are we allowing our bodies to hold that erotic frequency that you're talking about Mm -hmm. like oh let me know how it goes yeah I will (laughs) I'm like I'll probably feel it yeah (laughs) oh man um Do you have a practice, like a pleasure, embodied pleasure practice you can give women that you can describe? Hmm. hmm. Or any embody, embodiment, love say, your body you practice. You know what? I would just say, just take your hands and just stroke your face. Like touch yourself the way that you want someone to touch you. 
Like if you just wish someone would walk by and like put your their hand on your head and ru- like scratch your head, like massage your breasts, like you know rub your your knees and your you know like just just really touch yourself. And I mean, just I'm doing that as I'm sitting, and I'm like already feel like it's like so available to us at all moments yeah and you know and that's what I tell like people who um learn Reiki from me it's like we put our hands on ourselves right but like yeah just just be with yourself love yourself Mm. yeah and that's so simple so easy so available to everyone Mm -hmm. yeah um, okay, so you're a mama. Mm-hmm. How old is your... He's two. Okay, yeah. wow, okay. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah. Um, and you've had this transformation with your own body through this process. And, yeah. Um, why, you know, what kind of, I guess, advice or, you know, what do you want to offer mothers? Well... Um, gosh, so many things. Yeah. So many things. First, take your Restore Your, your Core program. Oh, Because that is like you. really, really rocked my world. And I think it's, I really think that it's such a key piece for women, for mothers, because I think mothers really struggle with connecting to their bodies, but they're not, they're not put together mm. yet. Mm-hmm. And so they're fighting themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go on and on about this. But, I mean, like what you're teaching is you're really allowing women to heal themselves. And then from that, they can, you know, connect to their bodies in the way that they're really wanting to. Yes. And it's in a very gentle way, Such which is gentle the way, key which piece. Is, yeah. um, because if you just try to go to, like, the uh, what's the crazy workout that everyone does like I don't know if you go to the gym and just try to take a crazy fitness class oh you're gonna feel worse because you can't connect you're mm-hmm. like bypassing right all the little steps to actually reintegrate in your core um, and then some unfortunately a lot of times people do further damage absolutely yeah and they yeah. wonder why their bellies aren't flat anymore. Mm-hmm. It's because they didn't give them time, give their bodies time to heal. Mm-hmm. So the work that you're doing is like, I think, so important. Mm. And I'm excited to learn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say it's reconnecting to the body after birth, not, you know, wanting the same body back, but honoring the process of of going through labor, of holding a, a baby in your belly and really like really appreciating that what kind of what has your postpartum period looked like like what are the things that you did to just create healing space for yourself well we went to Kauai Mm -hmm. and so we were there and we were in our own sweet little bubble (laughs) woomy space and I you know attempted natural natural birth water birth at home and all that and I ended up having a c-section but I went through the labor and I pushed for like I don't know eight hours or something like that and so I had a lot of healing to do and so I really let myself heal I let myself just go down and just heal and be slow and I'm not someone who really allows myself to do that yeah you know and I yeah I I, I did and it was a really really powerful thing for me so you kind of 
just dropped out of like your regular regular life for a little bit so you could like you said be literally in your own womb Mm -hmm. space and so you really slowed down slow down and giving and I know that a lot of women that's not an opportunity that they have and that's the reality mm-hmm. and within that structure there are times that you can say yes I need to relax and no I'm saying no to that and asking for support it's so important it's so important Yeah, I'm realizing as we're talking, like these same mechanisms that we talk about, like the women that probably show up to your um, Love Your Body workshop um, or that show up in your private practice, right, and working on their body stuff, there's similar mm, belief systems that are, are present in postpartum moms, like this like not deserving to rest or mm-hmm. slow down or they have to keep at it or yeah they have to get their body this perfectionist kind of at uh, belief basically that doesn't allow them that deep resting time because it's like oh I have to get back to whatever it is yeah. back at yeah or get my body back yeah you know yeah. so I better get on it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah it's I think it's and one of the pieces that I think is so important for mothers is we're teaching our children mm-hmm. I mean if we if we wanted I mean, mothers want so much for their children and what do you I'm sure you experience this and we all experience this that we're uh, that people aren't taught how to love themselves you know that's not what they're taught and so what if we taught our children how to love themselves and the only way we're going to do that is by example yeah not what you say but what you're actually Actually doing doing yeah and so I mean I've seen mothers who are constantly criticizing their bodies and over exercising and they're doing all this stuff and their daughters are doing the same thing you know, and it's just being passed down. And it's really time for us to wake up, for mothers to wake up, for all women to wake up and say, this is enough. We really need to start loving our bodies. Because loving our bodies means that our children are going to love their bodies and they're going to start listening and they're going to be caring for themselves because that's what we're really wanting. So I'm just like, oh, I feel so passionate about that. In the free talk that I do, um, Transforming Women's Health, I talk about pleasure being the like gauge basically for women, like the embody in our bodies and our pleasure and our desire mm-hmm. actually is the primary thing that, you know, can direct us in the world and um, support everything that we want to do. And when I think we're cut off from our bodies mm-hmm. and our pleasure, we were not clear what we want or how to make our dreams happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like cutting you off from your full potential. Yeah, and you're cutting yourself off from your own power because as yes. women, that's what we are. Our power lies in our in our gentleness, in our you know, in our compassion, in our feeling, in our emotional body, you know, like feeling our emotions and being over emotional. That's where our power is. So when we allow ourselves to slow down and feel that, you know, we're you know, we're in this very masculine world, but that's where we're gonna shift things up. That's reminding me that you're also a tantrika. Yeah. Yeah. 
or yeah. or tantra practitioner. Yeah. 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 So how does that fit into your work or does it or is it just is that something you do for you or I would say that that's just a pleasure piece for me that I really allow people and really bring that because I what I've noticed is that like with my um, people that come to me for Reiki or specifically for Reiki um, practitioners is it's very upper body right Mm. so it's like very heart and up here so you can just stay up in these upper centers but you're not connected to you know that sexual power and so tantra is going to get you dropped right down into your power into your sexual power which is you know it it's just such a great um reiki which you know is from i i feel like it's very heavenly energy and then you know sexual energy is just like so primal so you bring that together it's just like yeah uh-huh. good balance yeah yeah it's really good balance interesting yeah interesting so a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that they are a sexual being they don't want to you know they've shut that off and so it's bringing that and bringing that into you know all the healing so they may think they're coming to me just for Reiki, but they're actually coming for Tantra, uh-huh. which often happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you see the women that show up in your workshops? Mm-hmm. How do you see the manifestation of like how they're cutting themselves off from their sexuality? Because they might be like, oh, yeah, I want to love my body more. Um, and there's probably a piece that relates to sexuality and sexual power right to get fully in your body um so do you do you see a connection there with when women show up you mean how how they benefit from it yeah i'm just thinking of like general themes that you might come across you know i would say is um not being connected with themselves and then not connecting with their partners or attracting people that aren't you know honoring sexually mm-hmm. you know so not, not honoring not the partners they want like not the yeah. partners they want yeah. so maybe maybe they're you know very sexual but it's not coming from a place of honoring it's coming from a place of like oh, i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get it because i deserve it but it's not from a place of honoring oneself mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So that's that's been a theme too. Yeah, I just ask because I just love sharing those things because then other people feel less alone. You yeah. know, if there's a way, like I talked to a woman the other day who had, she was describing how she had totally cut herself off from fe- femininity. Well, she ha- actually had gender dysmorphia, didn't, couldn't fully identify, didn't really you know identify as a female growing up and then had really cut herself off from her fem- feminine femininity mm-hmm. um until she got cervical cancer oh interesting and that was the wake-up call right yeah. and i can relate to that you know parts in my 20s i totally masculinized myself like i totally covered up my body mm. um hid my sexuality mm-hmm. because i had these messages like it was dangerous and bad and you know i was gonna attract the wrong attention and people are only gonna like me because i'm a pretty girl and all of those things right so and, and if they do are attracted to me what am i supposed to do with it right does it mean i'm supposed to like sleep with them right because they're attracted and i'm flirting with them like 
what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's thing. easier yeah. just to disconnect. Yes. And then when you come back to it, like through tantra practice or whatever embodiment of it, like where you really now know how to work with your sexual energy and your sexual power, mm-hmm. like you can navigate the world, even if everybody else isn't attuned. If you get some of that energy that, you know, we don't necessarily want coming towards us, we have a way of navigating that. And I find that I, I actually get less of that kind of a negative like sexual attention mm-hmm. you know now than I used to maybe just because I'm older but <laughs> <laughs> but it's resolved I yeah, think yeah it's resolved you know yeah. and and that's the thing and going back to that piece like that part of you that was afraid just needs to be like you're okay uh-huh you know like it's okay mm-hmm. that person can say what you know but you're you're safe yeah. And I think we hold that as women, like even if we haven't been, you know, physically violated, we, you know, hold that imprint of being violated. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I know when I first moved to New York, New York City, when I was there, when I was younger, that that was one of the most challenging pieces for me was walking down the street and being heckled by people, by men by men yeah I did not know what to do with it I felt like I was being violated every single day totally it's so it intense. so intense mm-hmm. yeah and I really had to work with myself and really you know use my tools to be like you're okay you're safe and then eventually they just just didn't either didn't bother me or I somehow held a different way of being because what I noticed was and what I didn't want to do is I noticed that when I was walking down the street as soon as I would see like a man who I knew was gonna I would go if you could see me Shirk right now away. you would see yeah. yeah you would see me my shoulders are going forward and I feel my energy going very small and so this confident being that I am who's walking on the street having a good day all of a sudden is going oh, don't look at me don't look at me and I'm like, I'm not doing that for that man anymore. Yeah. I'm not like collapsing my, my beauty because I'm afraid of him. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that was quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 But possible for all of us, you know, possible for all of us to yeah. really get into alignment and to cultivate self-love. Yeah. yeah, and I think just us talking about it and as women, like hearing what we're sharing in this podcast, which is really speaking to people's hearts and to their like true experiences, which a lot of people don't really get to hear, like just that acknowledgement is so healing. Yeah. Like, yes, this is, this is, oh, she feels it too. Oh, she feels it too. You know, so we're not alone. We're all, we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And circling right back around to like where we started, the importance of coming together, of, of seeing each other, supporting each other, sistering each mm-hmm. other. And, and for the women out there, and never to judge or shame or anything, but for the women who have been in a culture of competition, mm-hmm. right? And um, haven't been... Had the opportunity to really be in sisterhood, like you can start that any moment. You, you really know? can. And 
the suggestion I would make to do that, because what I find, what creates that is that women are kind of picking at each other. Who she thinks she is? Why would she ever think she could wear that? And oh, oh so my painful. gosh, like, yeah. oh, her, you know, and is just not doing that. Mm. And whether your best friend is doing it, like just mm, like if they say it, oh, you know, like just not going into that and not saying it yourself. Even if you may be thinking it, the first step is stop mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. And then notice why you're thinking it. Mm-hmm. Why am I criticizing this woman? You know, I have this, she probably is feeling really uncomfortable in her body too. And I'm making, I'm telling her that she's wrong, you know, like really break that down. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um okay so we're running out of time is there anything else that you wanted to share no I'm so glad I I got to share that piece too because I really think that's so important that we just need to as women start appreciating each other Mm -hmm. just really start appreciating each other yeah each other yeah (laughs) and yeah stopping the competition bad-mouthing judgment slut-shaming um and then like next edgy step start appreciating other women Mm -hmm. and noticing you know we all have moments where we feel insecure you know um where we don't we have days where we feel you know crappy um and just noticing that and and noticing what's being revealed about yourself when like a beautiful woman shows up, you know, in a short skirt, like what's right. the discomfort in yourself yes. about? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Owning it. Yeah. Not wronging that woman, but owning your discomfort about that woman's short yeah. skirt. Whatever. And then tell her how hot she looks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's like the next edgy step, like really appreciating other women and, you know, being with your own discomfort and the things that it's, it's stirring for you and then being like, oh, wait, this is another beautiful woman in front of yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's often that we desire what she has. Exactly. And wish that we could embody it the way that she is and have the guts to wear that short skirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do people find you in your workshops? And Yes, you can find me at MarlaMervisReiki.com or LoveYourBodyLoveYourself.org or on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much. This was thank really you. fun. Yeah. It flew by. It sure did. <laughs> thank you so much.